Just unbelievable. Wow, I tell you. Woo! I tell you, and these, these guys are just melting away. You know, I'm thinking about 75, 80 years from now, they'll be gone. I mean, the way they're going at it, they are just, they are just absolutely melting those pounds off. Amen. Hey, we're having a great, great time. Hey, didn't Amy do a great job today? Thank you, Amy. Amen. Wow. Last night I discovered that not only I knew my worship, my worship pastor was on vacation, that was all well fixed because we got somebody that stands right here and does an incredible job, and he got sick, really sick. So what are we going to do? Now, I'm a worship leader from way back, and I thought, well, you know, I can just bring back the 80s, and I can do it. Amen. <laughs> we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. You know, I mean, I could do it, man. Aren't you glad I didn't do it? I really didn't seriously consider doing it at all. Because I knew I'd be vetoed anyway, so, by my wife. And anyway, Amy was my son's worship pastor in uh, Midland for several years, a few years ago. Her husband was the youth pastor. She was the worship pastor at Harvest Time in Midland. And I was talking to my son, telling him, man, you know, because I'm calling everybody. I'm calling all my friends. I'm calling a few of my enemies. I'm trying to find somebody. I need help. He said, hey, Dad, I think Jason and Amy are in the Metroplex, and I think they're in between ministry assignments. So what a blessing. You did an awesome job, and thank you so very, very much this morning. Amen. Well, grab your Bibles and stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord. Our text today is the same as last Sunday, Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 1. Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 1. The writer of Hebrews says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We are in a series of sermons entitled The Biggest Loser. And Hebrews says that we are to strip, strip off every weight that slows us down and especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord this morning. Father, we just pray that your anointing, Lord, will rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today. Give us ears to hear the word, but may we not just be hearers of the word, but may we, Lord, put into practice and be doers of the word of the Lord that we receive today. We ask in Jesus' name, all of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Do you know that much, if not most, of people's physical problems would absolutely disappear if only they would lose some weight? But how many also know the same is true with the spirit man, that too many of the people of God are overweight spiritually. And this extra weight causes them to become spiritually diseased and, and, un, and unhealthy. And the fact that, that they carry around is things like unforgiveness and pride. Things like fear and worry and lust. And the list goes on and on and on and it's nearly endless. Because of this excess fat, the spirit man becomes sluggish and absolutely ineffective. It slows him down and, and drains him of the spiritual energy. And he's not able to perform uh, uh, the, 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 the things that God wants and, and do and through his life. 
And the writer of Hebrews said that we are to strip off every weight that slows us down. What did, what did he say? He said, lose some weight. Well, last Sunday, my subject was lose your guilt. Lose your guilt. Today, my subject is lose your greed. Lose your greed. In, in Luke chapter 12 and verse 15, it's the text for today. Luke chapter 12 and verse number 15, Jesus said, beware. Say that with me, beware. Jesus said, beware. Jesus said, guard against every kind of greed. Jesus said, life is not measured by how much you own. So let's take a few moments this morning and talk a little bit about about greed. Let's start, start this morning by talking about the meaning of greed this morning. The meaning, the meaning of, of greed. The dictionary says that the meaning of this word greed is excessive, inordinate, unrestrained desire. Excessive, inordinate, unrestrained desire. How many understand there's nothing wrong with desire? Nothing wrong with desire. Desire is good. How many understand that God gave us this emotion of desire? How many understand that without desire, little, if anything, will ever get done? You see, my desire to eat, my desire to have a roof over my head, my desire for clothes on my back, my desire for a nice warm bed to sleep in at night, this desire gets me up out of bed in the morning and motivates me to go to work and earn a living. My desire to love and to be loved motivates me to treat my wife and my kids with love, respect, and kindness. You see, desire in and of itself is good. It's good. The problem comes about when our desire gets out of balance. I've said this many, many times, but it bears repeating today. It's not usually what we do that gets us into trouble, but what we overdo. It's usually not about what we do that gets us into trouble. It's what we, what we overdo. The meaning of greed is not desire, but it's excessive, inordinate, unrestrained desire. There's nothing wrong with the desire to eat. Man must eat in order to live. Greed happens when man's appetite for food expands to the point where he no longer eats to live, but rather lives to eat. And this is the same with everything in our life. Sexual desire. Sexual desire is not wrong. It's not wrong. God placed the desire for sex within man. But God gave strict guidelines for this activity. One man, one woman in the union of marriage for life. Greed happens when man fails to control his sexual desire and keeps and, and keep it within the boundaries that God gave him in this area. Once again, the meaning of the word greed is excessive, inordinate, unrestrained. Desire. Let's talk about the manifestations of greed for a little bit this morning. The manifestations of greed. Notice again what Jesus said in Luke 12 and 15. Jesus said, guard against, notice, guard against every kind of greed. Every kind of greed. You know, when you think about greed, too often we only think about money, don't we? When you talk about somebody being greedy, the first thing you think about, right? Can you help me out a little bit this morning? The first thing that we think about is, is, is money. Is money. The inordinate desire for money. Actually, we must guard against greed in, in every single area of our life. 
We could just go down the list this morning. How about power? How about power? Few people can, can handle power correctly. There, there are many, many misuses of power. How many understand that power can quickly go to one's head? There's nothing wrong with power. Ultimately, somebody needs to be in charge. But if you're not very, very careful, you can become addicted to the adrenaline that comes with power. A little power can lead to the desire for a lot of power. And the more power that a person has, the more he opens himself up to the temptation to abuse and take advantage of and manipulate situations and people by the use and the misuse of that power. Just go right down the list. How about possessions? Possessions. Greed often manifests itself in man's possessions. And a good example of this is the old, I know it's old, but it just fits so well. The good example of this is the old line of multimillionaire John D. Rockefeller. This man had anything and everything that a person could ever need or what? He was a multi-multi-millionaire. And yet upon being asked the question, how much is enough? Rockefeller responded, just a little bit more. Let me understand that, that, that when you have anything and everything that money can buy and you still want just a little bit more, that's greed. Somebody said it well when they said, it's okay to have things as long as things don't have you. And how about position? Position. I'll never forget. It's several years ago now when I was out in West Texas. And I was on the youth committee for the, for the, uh, for the district. And I was a youth rep. And, 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 and we were in need of a, of a district youth director. Now back then they called them the DCAP. District Christ Ambassadors President. I think we call them now... DYD, right? District Youth Director. But back in the day, they called them the DCAP, District Christ Ambassadors President. Well, we didn't have one at the moment, and so usually uh, the DCAP or the DYD comes from one of those representatives, one of those youth representatives. So, you know, I was new kid on the block. I wasn't going to get elected. I didn't want it anyway. I wanted to stay in the ministry. If I have to hold up a sign that says laugh, it's going to take a while, okay? But there's about three different youth representatives from different sections, and they'd been there for a long, long time, and man, they wanted that job. Because they got to quit pastoring. And most of them would get a raise and get that district job. And man, I mean, you talk about campaigning. Those guys campaigned. I mean, one guy actually had... A sign and buttons. He did it as a joke, but not really. <laughs> I remember going to the going to the district, going to that district uh, 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 youth meeting, and 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 those guys. You know, I mean, I'm a representative, so so you know, here's the here's the the the, the big shots uh, desk and chair. You know, the the decap, and 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 the rest of us, we have our little chairs over here, the little peons over here. You know. Well, we don't have anybody now. And those guys took turns sitting in that chair. Oh, I remember one guy. I can remember his like it was yesterday. He sat back in that chair. Oh, he said, this feels comfortable. Mm, this feels right. Well, that guy, when the election came, did not get elected. Somebody else was elected. 
Right after that, we went to youth camp. I'll never forget. It was hilarious. Although this guy that said, oh, this feels good. This feels right. Oh, this is awesome. I feel cut. This feels like it ought to be. You know, he didn't get elected. But when we went to youth camp, I watched that guy, although he wasn't the D-cap, he didn't get the position. He acted like he was. He acted like he was. And so, you know, I'm... I started calling him the sea cap. <laughs> and so, you know, all these years, he's known as the sea cap, not the D cap. He didn't make the D cap, but, you know, we made him the sea cap, you know, not quite to D, all right? What am I saying? You know what? You know what? If we're not careful, we get a little title or we get a little position, amen, or a little bit of authority, amen, and man, we can get greedy with it, can't we? How about praise? Praise. Everybody needs affirmation. Now, now some need it more than others. Some, that's their love language and, 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 and they need that and, and all of that. But, but whether it's your love language or not, everybody needs affirmation. Everybody needs the praise and the approval and the applause from their family and from their friends. But we ought to be, uh, we need to be very, very careful not to get greedy in this area to the point where we will do anything and everything, including lowering our standards in order to please people, to get the applause and the approval of men. Listen, people pleasers, people pleasers often become this way because they are greedy for the applause and approval of people. How about pleasure? Pleasure. Now, let me be very, very clear this morning. There's absolutely nothing wrong with having fun. And some of you need to know that. There's nothing wrong with having fun. Nothing wrong with having a good time. In fact, the wisdom writer said in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 18, he said it is good for people to eat and to drink and to enjoy their life. He said this is a gift from God. God doesn't want you to be miserable. God doesn't want you to go through life an old sourpuss. Amen. God wants you to lighten up a little bit. God wants you to have a good time. He, what Jesus said, I came that you might have and enjoy life. Have it in abundance. Have it until the full. Have it until it overflows. Again, the problem is not in what we do, but in what we overdo. How many understand that pleasure is a reward for hard work? Pleasure is a reward for hard work. Hard work is part of what makes pleasure pleasurable. I don't think pleasure would be nearly as pleasurable if it weren't for hard work. Amen? Man, I, you, know, I, you know I love to play golf, but man, I'll tell you what, it's a whole lot more fun when I'm playing golf when I ought to be working. <laughs> Hard work just kind of, you know, makes pleasure more pleasurable. People on vacation will say things like, wow, wow, man, this is awesome. This is an incredible, incredible, unbelievable life. Why can't we just live this way 365 days a year? Wow, if we could only have a life like, like we have now on vacation. But part of what makes vacation so special is the hard work you did before you went. Too many people today are addicted to pleasure. They run here, they run there. They try this, they try that. They buy this, they buy that. And pleasure has even crept into the church. 
It's in the church. Give me my spiritual fix, Pastor. People hop around from one church to the other today. They don't really know what in the world they're looking for. So how in the world are they going to know when they find it? They don't even know what they're looking for. Tickle my ears, Pastor. Tickle my ears. Tell me something good. Make me feel better. Wow me. Wow me, Pastor. Wow me, staff, with the latest technology. Whoever is the coolest, whoever is the latest and the greatest, that's where I'm going to be. I'm greedy for pleasure and that includes the church. I don't want to work. I don't want to commit and I sure ain't going to tithe. Church ought to be all about me. And when it ceases to be all about me, that's when I'm out the door and on my way looking for something else. Jesus said, guard against every kind of greed. Say every kind. Every kind. Let's, let's, let's look at something else this morning. Let's look at the, the misconceptions of greed. These are good this morning. The, mis, the misconceptions of greed. I want you to get this this morning. Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 21. Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 21. Jesus told them a story. The story went like this. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. And this rich farmer said to himself, what am I going to do? Oh, wouldn't you like to have that problem? What am I going to do? I don't have room for all my crops. Oh, he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build them back bigger. Then I'll have room enough to store all of my wheat and all my other goods. And then I'll just sit back and, and I'll say to myself, My friend, oh, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat and drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you fool, you will die this very night. And then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, Jesus said, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth. And not have a rich relationship with God. Here is a clear picture of greed this morning. Let me me, me suggest three misconceptions of greed. Write these down this morning. The first misconception of greed is, is more is my doing. More... Is my doing. The greedy person takes the credit for his success. More, he says, is my doing. It's all my doing. Let me ask this rich farmer in Luke 12, let me ask him a few questions this morning. Hey, buddy, where'd you get the dirt? Where'd you get the dirt to plant your seeds? (laughs) Hey, man, where'd you get your seeds? (laughs) Hey, hey, man, hey, man, Uh, who, who, 
Who provided the sign? Hey man, who gave you the knowledge of farming? Who sent you the rain? Who caused the seeds to, to germinate and grow? Who did that? Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5 through 7, who is Apollos? And who is Paul? Paul says, We are only God's servants through whom you believe the good news. Paul says, each of us did the work the Lord gave us. He said, I planted the seed in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God that made it grow. Paul says, it's not important who does the planting. It's not important who does the watering. What is important it is that God makes the seed grow. So the first misconception of greed is it's my doing. No, no, it's not your doing. I go to work every day and work my little honey off. Well, bless your heart. Who gave you that honey? I was wondering where I was going with that. Amen. No, 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 it's not. It's not you. It's God. It's God that has blessed you. It's God that has provided for you. It's God that has prospered you. It is God that has opened the doors for you. It is God that has given you the energy to get out of bed. It is God that's given you a brain to think with. It's God that's given you some legs to walk and some hands to work. It's not you, but it's God. Another misconception. Man, this one's big. This one's big. Tell your neighbor, this one's big. Well, you're awake. You can talk. (laughs) This is the second misconception. This one's big. More is for me. That's a misconception. The greedy people say, more is for me. My barns, my crop, mine, 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 mine. Who says? Who says? How do you know that more is for you? Why do we always think more is for me? I got more. So obviously, it's for me. We get a raise. More is for me. And so we go out and raise our standard of living. Because more is for me. So so we buy a new car. And we buy a bigger house. And and we buy a better cut of meat. Because more is for me. What are we doing? I'll pull down my barns and I'll build bigger. Because more is for me. We increase, we increase the credit line on our credit cards. Ouch. How do we know that more is for me? Maybe more is so we will have more to give. Well, I knew he was going to get around to that. Maybe more is to share with somebody that doesn't have what you have. Maybe more is to give to missions. So the other half of the world that's never had an adequate presentation. 
You come in here every Sunday and you have the, you know, you, 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 you I'm not, you know, if, it does, if you don't fit, you know, don't wear it. But, you know, we come in here, let's say we, all right, that's better. We come in here and we grumble and complain if the air conditioner's not right, the PA set's not right, amen, if the worship isn't perfect, if the pastor preaches too long, amen, and there's a half a world out there, more than that, that's never even heard the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe more. It's not for me at, at all. Maybe more. It's for missions so that others that have never heard the message can know of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a thought this morning. Here's a thought. When we get more, do we even ask God what this more is for? <laughs> no, we don't. Because more's for me, right? More's for me. I know what it's for. No, maybe not. Maybe not. Paul writes to young Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. He says, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud, not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. He said, their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Verse 18, tell them to use their money to do good. To what? Buy a new car? Build a bigger house? Nothing wrong with those things in perspective. But tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works. They're rich in money. They've got money. And let me tell you something. Everybody here this morning is rich. You say, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about, Willis. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? Compared to half of the world, you are rich. Compared to probably 90% of the world. Amen. Even if you're struggling today, you're struggling to live in a house and drive a car and wear clothes and have food. And half the world doesn't have any of that. So yes, you are. You're rich. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. Say, share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so they may experience true life. Notice one more misconception of greed, and that is more makes me happy. Greed says just a little bit more than I have. Ask anybody, why do you need to be happy and it's just a little bit more than what I have? Someone asked a millionaire after he had made his first million. You're a millionaire. What in the world would you want now? Two million, he said. (laughs) Proverbs 27 and 20 says, The eyes of man are never, ever satisfied. Think about it. Just think about this for a minute this morning. You, You want a new car. And oh, you've wanted a new car for a long, long, long time. And man, you've done all the research, man. And I mean, you've read all the magazines and you've been to all the car lots and you've watched as you're driving down the road and you've done your homework and your research. And finally, after doing all of your homework and research, finally you decide on a make and a model. And man, you go to different car lots and you look online and you do all the things that they do now and and look at a host and a host of cars and finally you buy it. And you're so happy. And you're driving down the highway 
With a big old smile on your face, man. I mean, you are happy. You are thrilled. You are excited. You are driving your brand new car. You're driving down the highway in it, man. You're honking the horn and blinking the lights. And, man, a big smile on your face. And you're happy and excited. And then all of a sudden, there's somebody that pulls up beside you in the same make and model that you bought. Only his car... It's a different color. Oh, no. Oh, no. You go into shock. Oh, no. You say to yourself, I didn't see it in that color. I wish I'd have seen that color. And five, if I'm lying, five minutes into new car ownership, you're already wishing you had something else. No, friend, more won't make you happy. Luke 12 and 15, Jesus said, life is not measured by how much you own. Some of the happiest people on earth don't have two nickels to rub together. I've been in third world countries. I've been in some very remote villages. Very re- I've been where people, I mean, just lived in shacks. But those saints at church, man, they'd put us to shame. Man, they shout and they dance and they hoop and they holler and they got a big old smile. They don't have two nickels to rub together, but the joy of the Lord is their strength. And some of the unhappiest people on planet earth have so much money they don't know what to do with it. Let's look a little bit this morning real quickly at the mockery of greed. The mockery of greed, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10 says the love of money. Say love of money. Love. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And Paul says to Timothy, some people craving money, say craving money. Some people craving money have wandered from the truth and have pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And the wisdom writer wrote in Proverbs 23, verse 4 and 5, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. He said, in the blink of an eye, wealth disappears, for it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. Oh, yes, my friends, greed will mock you. Greed will mock you. You thought more will make me Happy. Oh, more power, more possessions, more pleasure, more, 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 more. You got it. But in the end, it got you. That's what happened to the rich man. Jesus said to the rich man, take a look at all your stuff. Tonight, you are going to die. And what good is all this stuff to a dead man? And Jesus said in John 8, verse 36 and 37, He said, What would a man profit if he would gain the entire world and yet lose his own soul? And what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Jesus said, Is anything worth more than your soul? The last couple of minutes, I want us to look at one more thing this morning. This is very, very important this morning. The monitoring of greed. The monitoring of greed. Luke 12 and 15, one more time. Jesus said, beware. Guard against every kind 
of greed. Notice Jesus said, beware. And Jesus said, guard against. Say, guard against. It is so very, very easy, friend, to allow greed to take hold of our life. Because greed is everywhere. Greed, greed is everywhere. Our society promotes it and it packages it and it sells it. Advertisers play to the emotion of greed. Let me help you monitor your greed this morning. Ask yourself two questions and we're done this morning. First question you need to ask yourself this morning to monitor your greed is, ask yourself this question, what's my motto? What's my motto? What's my motto? What do I stand for? What am I known for? What am I all about? Am I all about my stuff? The rich man in Luke 12, he's all about his stuff. I, me, my, I, me, my, oh, my crops, my barns, my, my stuff. What's your motto? What are you all about? What do you stand for? What are you known for? What defines you? What is important to you? And the second question you need to ask yourself as you monitor your greed is, is what's my motive? What's my motive? Why do I want what I want? It's a good question, isn't it? I want, but why do I want what I want? And why do I want more than I have? I want more than I have. Why do I want more than I have? Do I believe that more is always for me? Think about this this morning. If you thought more was so you'd have more to give, would you still want it? I said if you, if you thought that more was so you'd have more to give and more to share and more to do with for the kingdom of God and for those that don't have, if you knew that fact and you knew it was a reality, would you still want it? And would you want it to the degree that you want more now? (laughs) I mean, want Brother Steve to come back up here. That's a whole lot more fun when he's up here. (laughs) What's my motive? Do I want more? Why do I want what I want? And why do I want more than I have? And ask yourself one last question to help you monitor greed. And I say this a lot. But someday you're going to be glad I said this a lot. Because I've got to say things a lot before you ever get it. People sometimes say, you said that before. Yeah, you didn't hear it. <laughs> I've said this many times. I'll say it a million times more. Ask yourself one last question to help monitor greed. Am I willing to take responsibility for more? I didn't think about that. I want more. But with more comes more responsibility. Am I willing to take responsibility for more? Jesus said in Luke 12 and 48, He said, where much is given, much is required. Do you know there's more required of me than there is of you? Where there's more authority given, there's more, there's more 
higher level of responsibility. One day, as I've said many times, we're going to stand before Christ at the judgment seat and He's going to ask us, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with your more? Uh, I spent it because I thought more was for me. I'm being honorary right now, but I just wish the Lord had let me be there. When some of you stand before God on Judgment Day, and I can go, Nanny, 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 I tried to tell you, but you didn't listen. You just got mad. I don't think I'm going to get to be there. And if I don't pray through over that, I might not get there. Lord, forgive me. Hey, come on, I'm just having a little fun with you this morning. Speaking a while back, I said, I'm a little over the top there. I said, well, so, well, you always are. <laughs> well, if I'm not over the top, you're not going to get it. Amen. Amy, would you come and help me this morning? We're in the middle of a series entitled The Biggest Loser. And our subject today is Lose Your Greed. Jesus said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. He then said, life is not measured by how much you own. Friend, the question is not, how much do I own? The proper question is, what owns me? So many people are so concerned about how much they own. It's not about how much you own, it's about what owns you. And greed is not so much about what you have or what you don't have. Poor people can be greedy. And a lot of rich people aren't greedy. Some are, some aren't. Just like Greed is not so much about what we have or don't have. Greed is more about how we view what we have or we don't have. How we view it. We view it as mine, mine, mine. Got more now. Better tear down the barn, build a bigger barn. Mine, mine, mine. Hold it so I can store it all. I can heap it up and I can live a good life. Mine. Or do we hold our possessions with open hands and say, God, here it is. You gave it to me. If you want it, it's yours. Because you know what? If he wants it, he can have it whether you give it to him or not. It's his anyway. If he wants it, he can take it for any time he wants to. Do we live clutching our things or do we live with open hands and open arms and God? Thank you, thank you, thank you. One of my new life verses, I've got many, but one that God has just poured in my heart and I just, I, I remind God every, every single day and that is every good and every perfect gift is from above comes down from the Father of lights. And every single day when I talk to God, I give Him 100% credit. And 
I tell God, every good and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from me. So God, everything that's right in my life, everything that's holy in my life, everything that's righteous in my life, everything that's good in my life, I do this every day. God, everything that's positive, everything that is successful, everything that is working in my life, because of you because every good and every perfect gift comes from above and I tell God God I'm not taking credit for anything but I'm giving you 100% credit God has been so good to me and my wife in our life we've been with we've been without we've been on Snob Hill we've been in the basement of the church we've chased rats around I mean we've been in a, we've had it all but when you live with an open hand and give God your life. It's an incredible walk. Stand with me, please. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Greed is more about how we view what we have or don't have. What we do or don't do with what we have. The question this morning, are you greedy? Oh, nobody wants to answer that. Nobody wants to answer that altar call. too fat? Pastor, that's personal. I'm not talking about your body. Are you too fat? Carrying around too much weight? Too much fat? Carrying around greed? You're overweight. Spiritually. You need to lose the greed. You need to lose it this morning. Father, I just pray today that you'll take this word this morning. Father, Lord, penetrate the heart of your people today. God, work your perfect work this morning. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed and my goodness I'll be amazed if anybody even scratches their head right now would anybody be bold enough and honest enough to lift your hand in response and say pastor I, I'm too fat I'm overweight I need to lose some greed this morning I'm kind of like I, I have to deal with it Wow. Yeah. Hey, others have ripped, lift their hand now. The rest of you can. It's okay now. Somebody else started it. <laughs> Come on. How many others this morning? Yeah, I have to deal with greed. If you, you lifted your hand or you didn't lift your hand this morning and you want the Lord to, to lift that spirit of greed, that attitude of greed, that you just want to conquer that, your life this morning. The altars are open. I want you to come real quickly this morning. Stand in the presence of the Lord and let the Lord begin to work in and through you this morning. Move quickly. Come on. We had 20 people lift their hands. Well, now they'll know I lifted my hand. All right. The ones looking around are the ones that ought to be down. heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Nobody's looking about today. Is there anyone in this room today? I wouldn't want anyone to leave here today without having an opportunity to do whatever you need to do with, with in the presence of the Lord today. Maybe you need to repent today. Maybe you need to ask the Lord to forgive you. Maybe, you need, to, maybe you, you need to deal with an issue in your life. If you're here this morning and you just will lift your hand and say, you know what, I I need God to do a, a particular work in my life. You don't have to tell anybody what that is, but 
But I need God to do a particular work in my life today. And I'm, I'm reaching out to God and asking God to, to do a particular work. And, and you know what that particular work is. Can I see your hand this morning all over this room? Anyone? Thank you. God bless you. And you. God bless you. And you. God bless you. And you. And you. Amen. Father, we just we come before you today in the name that that is above the name of every name. The name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I just pray for these that have that have gathered today, these that are here this morning, Father, they are, Lord, they, 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 wow, it took a lot of boldness and courage to come down here. And Lord, it might be money. Lord, it might be power. It might be position. It might be, uh, uh, I don't know what it might be. It could be a host of different things, but, 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 but there's greed in their life, and they want to lay it down today. They want you to, to take it from them this morning. And God, I just pray today, Lord, and I just pray that, and I ask those of you that are here today, just just lift that up to the Lord. Just say, here it is, Lord. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you. And Lord, as they lift it up to you today, I pray that you will take it and take it from them today, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for each one that lifted a hand today. Lord, in the congregation, Father, they're dealing with a particular issue or situation in their life. I don't know what it is that they're going through. I don't know what it is uh, that they are dealing with, but I pray that today they'll get victory. They'll get victory over today in the name of Jesus. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord a shout of praise in His house today? Hallelujah.